Hello everyone and welcome back to the Artistic Futures podcast. My name is Mary and in this series I will be meeting some extraordinary people who work in music and opera and who are keen to share their passion with the next generation. From performers to designers, directors to choreographers, you will get an insight into how a range of artists built on their careers turning what they enjoy doing and were good at into a profession. Again, it will be full of useful tips and advice for those of you who would be tempted to give it a go. So, let's get started. In this episode, I had a very interesting chat with Kate Davy, Head of Stage Management at Opfra North. Originally from Ilkley, Kate went down to London, age 18, to study at the Central School of Speech and Drama. She then came back to Yorkshire to work as assistant stage manager at Northern Ballet. Nearly 25 years ago, she started working at Opfra North and she has since stage managed over 100 opera performances. Hi Kate, thank you so much for coming today. I'm so excited to learn more about the world of backstage. You are the head of stage management at Opera North. That is um, correct, yeah. That is correct. I got that right. <laughs> but I thought maybe to start with, for people who don't know what a stage manager does, could you yeah. tell us a little bit what it's all about? I, I can certainly yeah. try. The stage manager is the first sort of point of call in the rehearsal room for the director. So when the rehearsal, when the show is in rehearsal, we are as a team, as a, I'm a stage manager, but there's a deputy stage manager and two assistant stage managers. We are tasked with running the room so that the time is used professionally, wisely, efficiently uh, in order to create a show that then can be put on stage. As a stage manager, I do a lot of shouting. <laughs> <laughs> obviously you know people are very quiet in opera all the time um, but sometimes it requires me to raise my voice just to get the room in order just so we can start the day at 10 30 work out where we're going from um, everybody knows where we're going from the deputy stage manager is in charge of writing all the moves down in a copy of the score following the music and on on a particular given bar in the music writing down what action has taken place from a character or the chorus and the assistant stage managers are um, tasked with looking after a wing a stage left or stage right wing and making sure that all the entrances are correct for people coming on and off and that they're all carrying the right props and wearing the right bits of costume and together we hopefully are able to rehearse a show normally it takes about between five six weeks in the rehearsal room mm -hmm. which will end with a final run through in the studio which the company will then come and watch And then we move on to stage and we do the same thing on stage, but this time adding lights and scenery and fly cues, sound cues, doing stage and piano rehearsals. Those mm. rehearsals belong to the director. So as a stage manager, I'm being told or asked where to go from by the director. We have normally four of those stage and piano rehearsals and then we have four stage and orchestra rehearsals and they are governed by the conductor. So I will be mm. looking to, to them to tell us where we're going from and what we're doing. And that is more music-based. And then we'll have a dress rehearsal yeah. and then we will open the show. So it's quite a long process. It's a long process. Yeah. And what's nice about it, though, is that we are there from the first day to the last day because obviously mm -hmm. we then take the show uh, not only here in Leeds but on tour. And so we get to know everybody really well and it's yeah. a nice community normally by the end of it. 
that you've developed with all these people that have come to sing with us and, and with the chorus and everything. And then it starts again, normally the following week <laughs> on a different show, but it's, um, okay. it's a, it's a rewarding job, I think. Yeah. And, and so you said you have a team of people, so three or four people who work on one show. So is, yeah. is it something specific to opera to have that many people? Um, maybe, uh, I suppose in theatre, you probably have four. There's normally yeah. a stage manager, a deputy stage manager, and two ISOs. Okay. I, I worked in ballet which is a different thing because, of course, you don't tell dancers when to go on stage. They know it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, So I think we used to have maybe one ASM for ballet, but, yeah, the, okay, the yeah, format so normally is... There's always a, a team is, working yeah, on yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Did you always know that this is what you wanted to do as a career or did it happen to you by accident? Well, annoyingly, yes, I did. You did? <laughs> I was very that's lucky. Um, yeah. My family have always been involved in amateur dramatics i'm the youngest of four children and okay. um all my my brother and my sisters always got parts in shows and i didn't um not that i was particularly bothered about that but i think um, my parents certainly when my dad was in shows and, and my brother and sisters were going off and doing other things thought well what are we going to do with her Cause I can't leave her at home <laughs> of an evening yeah. And so it was suggested that I came and work backstage at Ilkley Playhouse, oh, which is where I grew up okay. in Ilkley. Yeah. And, um, and from about the age of 14 onwards, I, I worked backstage doing bits of sound or lighting and realized that the theater was something I wanted to work in. I wasn't quite sure. To be honest with you, I didn't really know that stage management existed. And they had stage managers there, but not as, as we know them in a sort of professional okay, yeah. sense and the way it works in professional theater. Um, and then we, as a family, went down with the Playhouse to the Minack Theatre in Cornwall. Oh, and nice. um, yeah. we were doing a production of Oliver there, and there was a chap who had come to help us put on the show, and he was training to be a stage manager, I think, at Central or Guildhall somewhere. That was the first time I'd heard that you could actually train to be a stage manager. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I imagine it a lot never, of people don't know, don't know that well, there's no, it was specific training. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people focus, yeah. certainly with amateur dramatics, maybe children or young adults wanting to get involved in concentrating on being on stage rather than backstage. I don't yeah. think they realise, actually, there is a whole world of jobs that you can yeah. do backstage, which will take you around the world um, if, if you so desire. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I applied to the Central School of Speech and Drama and um, amazingly got a place. And that was when I was 18. I went there when I was 18. And what kind of stuff did you learn as part of a degree? We did a bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, in those days, I have to say, it wasn't a degree course. That one certainly wasn't. It was a higher <laughs> national diploma. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. two years. Yeah. And we just spent our time there doing shows. We didn't really... Mm. I don't remember. Maybe we should have done essays. I don't remember writing <laughs> any. Yeah. But we... Um, We did props, we did costume, we worked front of house, we did lighting, we did sound, we did deputy stage managing and stage managing. So we did the whole lot. And then mm. I think towards the end, you specify which one you were going to try and get okay, into. Yeah. And I I wasn't massively sure, but I knew stage management, I didn't want to do electrics or sound, that wasn't really my mm -hmm. bag, um, but stage management appealed to me. And yeah. I was lucky enough, after about six months leaving college, I got a, an assistant stage manager job at Northern Ballet as it was then, oh, Northern Ballet yeah. Theatre down the road here. Yeah. Amazing, got a full-time job, which is incredibly rare in theatre these days. And I worked there for the next eight years and then came here. So I've been here nearly 24 years. And and did you know anything about opera before you no, started? No, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't tell them that when I came to have a chat with them. No, I, <laughs> I think I'd seen one opera, mm -hmm. um, actually by Opera North, 
when I was in my teens. And if I'm really honest, I hadn't really enjoyed it. I hadn't really understood what was going on. But then stepping into this world, you realize that that was probably nothing to do with what I was being presented with. I probably just wasn't at that stage interested, you know, because it is incredibly, um, uh, well, I think incredibly accessible for anybody that wants to come and see it. Yeah, it's, it's, it opened my eyes to a whole different world, which I would never have known about. My parents didn't really do opera. They like musicals, which is what mm-hmm. I grew up on. Yeah. So the, the opera side had slightly passed me by, but I'm glad I found it. That's great. <laughs> That's great. You've mentioned a little bit what, what you are doing as a stage manager, but I was wondering if you could tell me what the essential skills are to be a, a good stage manager. Mm, well, I, I've always said the first good, the first thing you really do is good deputy stage managers and good ASMs. That's, yes. that's helpful. So it's a good team. <laughs> a good team. Um, a sense of humor. Yeah. That is massively essential. Uh-huh. A sense of timing. I think sometimes when things get a bit fraught, you know, need to know when you need to step in or not step in, yeah. when you can let things go slightly. A sense of, I say authority, but that makes me sound like I'm, you know, kicking my weight around. But but just was to be respected. Yeah, just, yeah, to, yeah. just to have a presence in the room yeah. where people are aware that you're you're actually there to help mm-hmm. and you need to keep things moving and keep things driving on but also have a third ear it's really difficult sometimes when you've got a lot of people going on in the room you've got to have a third ear to hear actually did the director just say that while i'm talking to somebody over there because ultimately the director is the one that you need to keep next to and, and help them um, move the rehearsal on because yeah, i don't know if people realize sometimes quite how many people are on stage yeah. at, in one point in an opera you can have what th- up well, to i think the most i've had here is about 70 70 uh, yeah, i was going is... to say 50 but it's even more <laughs> i think, I think yeah. something like don carlos i, I could yeah. be lying but it felt like 17 yeah. Like, yeah and then also when you get shows with children in which is a different yes. thing again i mean yeah, yeah. Fa- thankfully we have fantastic chaperones who yeah. um are very on board with everything and, and look after the children very well but sort of being aware of all the safety aspects all that uh-huh. sort of thing uh-huh. so it's i would say that stage managing for me is 20% running the show and yeah. 80% managing the people because yeah. if you're managing the people the show should work is there a typical day as a stage manager um, i suppose in rehearsals yes yeah. there can be a typical yeah. day i mean we start we're normally in the room by 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and people start drifting in and we start at 10:30 and we have to be very precise about our Our timings, that's another thing that I wasn't used to when I came to opera because obviously <laughs> you deal quite rightly with the unions um, where singers and, and orchestra expect to start and stop at a, you know, not before and not after a certain time. Yeah. So you're always clock watching, which is another reason why I suppose as a department we're always pushing it on. So I'm not letting the time drift because yeah. 1.30 hits very quickly. That's the, the end of our morning session. And at 1.30, we have to stop. It doesn't matter if you're halfway through a note, halfway through a bar. Yeah. You know, sometimes you might just be able to sneak it over if you, if you gauge the sense of the room, but more or less it's 1.30, stop. Yeah. Start again at 2.30, finish at 5.30. And those are our most likely rehearsal weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when we're on stage, we start at 9.30, probably lighting, getting ready for the performers to arrive. And then the rehearsals on stage start at 2.15 to 5.15. We go on till a bit later because we can do a bit of tech time after that. And then it'll be 7.15 to 10.15. Yeah, so those are really, really and it's long, long days. Those, are, those yeah. are the long weeks where we live off yeah. Greg's pasties. <laughs> <laughs> we should be sponsored by Greg's in tech weeks. <laughs> if Greg's, if you're listening, we would like to... <laughs> Sponsor yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um But yes, they, they can be very long days. But no, then and they're not 
typical. They're not. There's no. No, no, there's no one day the same, which is why I think most of us do it because I, yeah. I know for one, I couldn't sit in an office. I'm not concentrated enough. I need to get up and wander around and yes. and be part of something. How many shows do you work on a, a year? Well, it can depend. We do three seasons, yeah. and normally I will do one show in the season, or I might do two in tech and then hand one over. But we share it so that between us in the department, we can share the shows out a bit. Okay. But I think since I've been here, I've done over a hundred shows, and some of them, when they come back. I, uh, for example, I'm doing Albert Herring this time around. Well, actually, I, I didn't do it last time, so that I'll give myself that excuse. But we're also doing Cozy. Yeah. I think I've done that three times before. Okay. So sometimes it's quite nice to come back and it's familiar and you think, oh, yes, we know where we are with that. So that's quite a relaxing season. We yes. all know where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. find interesting to know the memories you have of a show where things didn't quite didn't go, go right. as planned or well I suppose we've had a few show stops yeah. uh, along the way I mean very early on when I was at the ballet we were doing uh Don Q the by Don Q and there was a little pyro that went off in a tree and unfortunately the pyro being put into the tree with the wrong kind of should we say tape and it set fire. Oh, and um, I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> I was on the book. So we, we did bring the iron for that. Um, here, whatever we stop shows for, fire alarms quite often. Yeah. Fire alarms going off backstage because even if there's no fire on stage, you can hear the cast and the chorus leaving by the backstage corridors. You think, well, there's no point carrying on then, is there, because everyone's yeah. gone. We've had a couple of medical emergencies that we've had to deal with on stage. Oh, but thankfully, technically, we try and keep going. We try not to stop unless it's uh, dangerous or there's just no way we can carry on because there will be lots of things that have gone slightly wrong along the way. Maybe but people won't necessarily notice. But, you won't, but that's yeah, our yeah. job to not yeah, necessarily yeah. show it and sort of think, okay, that piece of scenery didn't quite fly in at that time or maybe we can fly it in a bit later. I know when we were doing Sweeney Todd many moons ago and it was a very big truck, two-story truck, that was on um, wires that let it go up and down stage. Mm -hmm. And we were on tour, and halfway through the show, 
the wires stopped moving back up stage, they would only go down stage. Uh-huh. And that was quite an exciting show to cue because every now and again I had to find a point for the stage staff on hauling lines at the back to pull it back up stage ever so slightly. And then just I mean, it just started to drift down again. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those shows that you think, hmm, don't really need to do that again. Thanks very much. But anyway, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there are, we try not to stop if at all possible. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. the show too long, doesn't it? I mean, really. Well, it's already, anyway. it's already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a show that particularly stands out for you? Very early on when I started yeah. here, I was on the book, I was DSMing for Gloriana when it came back for the last time. And I have to say, I wasn't quite prepared for the scale of that show with the lovely Dame Joan Barstow coming through the... um these huge doors at the back on the palanquin and all the chorus and the trumpeters. And it was a scale of a show I never thought I'd, I would work on. Mm-hmm. And I also being allowed to DSM one of the flagship productions of Opera North and thinking, oh, my God. I mean, this is – and then we took it to Barcelona – and the pressure of that felt quite great. But that was a show I'd love to see. I'd love to have seen it from the front. I never did. Mm. That's one of those shows I wish I'd been able yeah, to see. Yeah, because we don't think of that, but you no. don't really see some shows. No. There's very few yeah. shows that I've, I mean, like, I think I did see Peter Grimes from the front, and that was fantastic. I saw that mm. the first time, but that was a show that I think everybody here would agree was formative for the company. It was mm. such a great uh, production and such a great collaboration. And what other shows have I liked here? This is where my mind goes blank and uh, I can't think of any right. shows. Um, <laughs> but I've liked the musicals we've done. Yeah. You, ma- you mentioned going to Spain, so there's, there's quite a bit of travel involved in, in yeah. your work as well. How do you juggle with having to travel, yeah. having a life at home? And all um, that? It's been a bit of a jigsaw to work out now that I, uh, I'm married to one of the singers in the chorus and we have children. So that can itself prove um, difficult in terms of logistics, even just being out for an evening or mm-hmm. on tour. We have been incredibly lucky with our childcare. Um, mm-hmm. We have fantastic people who have been able to facilitate our job and, and allow us to do this. We always said if our kids, you know, did, suddenly started missing us, which they haven't done yet, <laughs> um, we would stop. But thankfully so far we've been able to, do it, but it is a massive sort of map. You look yeah. at if you looked at the year as a whole, I think you'd never do it. You think, how on earth <laughs> are we ever going to get through this? Yeah. I'll get through those weeks where we're both here every night. Then you've got to do the school run, or you know, there's carol concerts coming up tomorrow, and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yes, you've got to take it a day at a time because it, yeah. I don't think anybody that works in theatre that has children would say it's easy or anything to do with theatre because of the of the working hours. But it's um, yeah. It's it is a challenge. Let's say that <laughs> it's exciting. It's a, an yeah. exciting challenge. Yes. Good, yes. <laughs> I think it was a film director who said the worst thing is to work with children and animals. Mm. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if you've had animals. On we stage. have had animals. Oh, yes, you? we yeah. have had a few animals. I think we had animals. Uh, now let me think. We had animals in Rose and Cav. I think we had uh, dogs and and a bird. I think we also had a dog in Carmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the joys of being in stage management that when you're on tour, the the animals also need a dressing room, and where <laughs> else are you going to put them but with stage management? Oh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Our dressing rooms uh, are normally, yeah, they can be given over to children or animals at yes. any time because yeah. if we're as a company, because we're such a large company, some of the venues we go to haven't got masses of space. We do squeeze into quite a few of these places dressing room wise and yes we do share our rooms sometimes we did have one the dog on Carmen I'm not sure was a theatrical dog I know the first time we took it on stage and and the nice lady called it to one side of the stage to the other it just disappeared 
And we're like, hmm. So I think that dog ended up on a on a lead for the show. I don't think it was allowed to roam free. It also wasn't um, free of doing little accidents either in the rehearsal room, which again is a lovely stage management job to deal with. Oh dear. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you well, to tell me that. Go, you had, but, yeah. but my question was, do you work with children in the same way you would work with professional singers? Yeah, because yeah. I think that they, well, certainly the kids that we have, say, from the youth uh, chorus and certainly the kids, for example, we've got this time around on Albert Herring, they turn up like professional singers. They are, mm -hmm. they know their music, they are ready to work, they're incredibly well drilled at, at what they do. So yes, I, we expect the same level of, I was going to say competence, but you know, the same level of, um, when they walk into a rehearsal room, we want them to be ready to start. There's no messing around. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously they're kids, so there is a bit of leeway. We'll have to watch our P's and Q's, <laughs> all that sort of thing. But, yes. but but yes, you've got to treat everybody the same, I think, because they're children. They're not, you know, daft. Yeah, um, so th th they'll get it. And I think yeah. if you treat everybody with the same level of respect, you get respect back. For anyone listening who might be thinking, wow, stage management sound interesting and I would like to maybe have a go at mm -hmm. it, where do you start? Well, I would say get in touch with any local uh, amateur company that you might have nearby. There will always be people working backstage. Go and have a look because I'm sure there's people there. I, I know certainly from people that I talked to back in Ilkley, they're quite desperate for young people to come back and work backstage. I think, as I say, I think people concentrate on the on the glamour and the glitz of being on stage and less about the work you can get backstage. And there are so many jobs out mm. there. But certainly for opera and for ballet, um, one of the main criteria is obviously is you need to be able to read music. Ah, uh, yes. Because we, we follow scores in order to cue people or to write uh, write the show down. So I didn't, I learned the piano. I was going to say I learned the piano badly. I wasn't taught badly. I just wasn't very good at it from yeah. about the age of nine to 12. That's all I did. Yeah. Um, so but, did, did you have to teach yourself to read music? To no, because what we get is we get a piano score. We don't mm. get a full score. If okay. we got a full orchestral score, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Um, but no, we're following the tune. Okay. So if you can hear a tune in your head, if you can sing, the chances are you can follow music because you're literally following notes up yes. and down. We've had a few people here, I suppose, that haven't been brilliant at score reading, but they find their way. But you do actually have to have a basic understanding of what what music looks like yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is helpful. Yeah. But other than that, I think most people, if you've got a good sense of humour and uh, you don't mind working long hours. Um, <laughs> and you like working with people. And you like working with <laughs> yeah, people, yeah. lots of different people. Um, it's It's a job that anybody could do. It could take you all around the world, touring with you know fantastic shows. Yeah, I would highly recommend it to anybody. It's not just about being on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. I've got two more questions. Okay. One is about what is the most challenging aspect of your work, mm -hmm. and one is about what you think is the best thing about it. Okay. Yeah. As a stage manager, I, I was. I think it's part of my job to keep the mood and the atmosphere light and right. And there are some days where you think, do you know what? Oh, I can't be bothered today. I can't be bothered to move it on. I can't be bothered to ask you to be quiet for the millionth time with a smile on my face or whatever. I think those are the days where it's just tiring. Not actually the technical aspects of the show, anything like that, because we have a great team here and they can always work out how we need to do things. But it's the driving on. I take my watch off when I get home. 
I very rarely wear a watch when I'm on holiday because I, I just, I'm sick of clock watching for eight hours a day. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are very few days like that. I think, yeah, they're, they're just those days where you're just tired, but I'm sure everybody has those at work. It's not necessarily course, unique yeah. to theatre, but it's, those are the days where you just think, oh, you know, I'd rather go back to bed or have a cup of tea right now. But the, but on the flip side of that, I think people who work in theatre are fairly unique. <laughs> in in terms of humour, maybe because of the long hours we do, maybe because we sit in the dark for a very long time. I always think being in, in a in a theatre or working for a theatre company, it's a bit like a mini city. There are so many different sort of aspects to it, with lots, lots of people doing different things. There are different streets to visit or, you know, different rooms where people, you go into one room and they're all sewing or you go into another room and they're making things, props department or the electrics department are, you know, busy cutting out gel or something. It's like a whole factory, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful environment where there's so much imagination going on and there aren't many places where you work where you just pretend to be somewhere else all day. I mean, that's nonsense, isn't it? You walk into a room at 10.30 and we all pretend we're in a little village somewhere, as, as we are at the moment in Albert Herring, you know, and working in a veg shop. I mean, it's it's make-believe for adults, isn't it? And that's yeah. that's um, that's definitely the plus side. We can all escape for a bit. Yeah, keep keep a bit of yeah. our childhood in our yeah, day-to-day exactly. life. Like, <laughs> do you know, I look at my kids running to school and or messing around at home, and I think at some point that goes, doesn't it? That uh-huh. sort of switch off from everything just being brilliant and lovely. And you think, well, why shouldn't it all just be brilliant and lovely? And sometimes, sometimes in the rehearsal <laughs> room, it is all brilliant and lovely. Sometimes it's all very sad. But again, that's make-believe. You can lose yourself in in different ways, which I think is um, is a nice place to be in terms of work. It's, it's a lucky place to be. You've been listening to the Artistic Futures podcast with the wonderful Kate Davy. If you have any burning question for our future guests or would like to suggest people you would like to meet, please email education at opranorth.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram, search Opranorth Learning. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>